millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Are you okay? Well, I'll be brief because we've got a lot to get through today, but let's just say the temperature has increased where I live by potentially one degree and suddenly everywhere you look, it's shorts, people wearing shorts. It's still so cold. I have on as many cardigans and hoodies as possible and yet people are in shorts. I don't understand this. Surely it needs to be really warm before you put shorts on. I, I, I just don't understand. But anyway, what I do understand is today we've got a special. It's like a thriller special, a thriller buffet for your delight. Lots of fabulous books for you to choose from. And if you're a fan of thrillers, well, we all are, aren't we? Uh, well, I imagine you are. I certainly am. You are going to need to load up your book tokens, your library card and get these orders in because you're just getting there's some great books. It's very exciting indeed. We've got some amazing author interviews as well. Um, there's a lot to tell. So let me tell you about the books, but then I need to talk to you about the lovely Facebook group. So the books we're featuring today, we are doing a full interview with Jack Jordan, author of Do No Harm. We're doing Five in Five with Joe Spain, and her latest book is The Last to Disappear. And we're doing a Five in Five with Scott Kershaw, and his book is called The Game. Then we've got another book called The Choice by, now I need to remember this because I've got it on the Kindle so I can't see it very easily. I apologise for not knowing immediately. The Choice by S.J. Ford. And then finally, because you know I'm doing a quick reads book every week as well, and this week's is The Donor by the wonderful Claire McIntosh. So five books, five thrills and spills. Just, yes, get ready for spending some money on these books because you're going to need to beg, borrow or buy them one way or another. Anyway, let's just have a look at the lovely Facebook group and their reading. There's lots of reading going on. Three are reading the same books. We've got Katie, Kate and Claire and they're all reading Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner. Amazing. Can't wait to hear what they think about that. Derek's reading Lean Falls Stand by John McGregor. He's reading it for his book club and it's not what he thought it was. So that 
that's an interesting one. I hope it's okay, Derek. Amanda started The Nightingale by Christian Hanna. Jahan's reading Reputation by Sarah Vaughan. Of course, we've had Sarah on. Uh, Ace is reading This Shining Life by Harriet Klein. And she said she heard about it on the podcast. Yes, of course, because Harriet was fascinating to interview because she's um, a registrar. So she deals with death and and. Certainly death was featured in, in her book, This Shining Life. So hope you enjoy it, Ace. Um, Sue's just finished The Verifiers by Jane Peck. And Sue got to meet the author recently. So that's that's great. Nina's reading Jane is Trying by Izzy Sooty. Deb is reading The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex Harrow. And Sue's just started the whole Rivers of London series by David Aronovich. So hopefully she's enjoying that. Lots of books. But Listen, we need to get started because there's a lot to talk about. So the first one, we're going to split up the five in fives and then have the interview in the middle. A little sandwich, a little five in five interview sandwichette going on. Um, so the first book for me to tell you about is The Last to Disappear by Joe Spain. I'm having to put my pencil down because... This is this is a book. OK, the blurb is this. When young London professional Alex Evans is informed that his sister's body has been pulled from an icy lake in northern Lapland, he assumes his irresponsible sister accidentally drowned. Drowned, not drowned, drowned. He travels to the wealthy winter resort where Vicky worked as a tour guide and meets Agatha Koskinen, the detective in charge. Agatha is a no-nonsense single mother of three who already thinks there's more to Vicky's case than meets the eye. As the two form an unlikely alliance, Alex also begins to suspect the small town where his sister lived and died is harbouring secrets. It's not long before he learns that three other women have gone missing from the area in the past and that his sister may have left him a message. On the surface, Cop Lapland is a winter wonderland. But in this remote, frozen place, death seems only ever a heartbeat away. Now let's do first sentences. This is the prologue. Ooh, do I do the prologue or the first? No, we're doing the prologue. At first, white-hot agony. She can't think, can't react. The ice-cold water paralyses every muscle. Her entire body becomes one desperate plea. Let it end. Nobody can bear this and live. <gasps> this is a great book. I mean, Jo Spain just delivers all the time, doesn't she? But let's talk to Jo now. So, Joe Spain, uh, thank you so much for coming to to join us again. I mean, your last time you were on, we were talking about the Perfect Lie, which was an amazing book. But this time, you've surpassed yourself. Your latest book is called The Last to Disappear. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me on again, Philippa. Uh, well, you're here for your five questions in five minutes, but no stopwatches, so don't <laughs> don't panic. First one: Can you summarise your book for us? Alex is a lobbyist in London, and he gets a phone call to say that his mother has had a heart attack so he rushes up uh, to the north of England where he's from and discovers that she's had a heart attack because his sister Vicky who's been working as a guide in Finnish Lapland has been pulled from an icy lake seemingly drowned so we sent Alex over to Lapland uh, he's quite a reserved quiet character and he teams up there with Agatha who's a single mother detective it seems kind of too young to be heading a case of this magnitude because we quickly find out that Vicky did not drown accidentally. She, she'd received an injury before she went into the lake. And while he stays there, Alex realises that in this very small town, other women have gone missing over the years and their bodies have never been found. So they form this unlikely duo, Alex and Agatha, 
and begin looking into whether there might be a serial killer in this on the surface Christmas card. Absolutely stunning landscape, beautiful little town full of interesting characters, full of beautiful snow like he's never seen before, frozen Arctic circle wonderfulness and yet only ever a heartbeat away from freezing to death. So I think the location is as much a character in this book as the characters themselves. Um, and it kind of builds to a nice twisty ending as people want from me, Philippa. <laughs> yes, we, we do expect it. And this is why you are who you are. You just keep pulling out these amazing different ideas that immediately want people just to sit down and jump into the worlds you give us. Your next question, describe your favourite character in the book and why, but it can't be your main character. Ooh. Oh, that's an interesting one. I have a very interesting character and there's actually two of them. It's a husband and wife and we flash back to them. There's a, there's a, a previous kind of life in the book and this is the first woman to have gone missing. And she's married to a guy called Micah who becomes quickly apparent he's the town's kind of bogeyman. He lives in a cabin up on the side of the mountain and when Vicky's found dead in the lake, everyone assumes that, you know, they're kind of saying to Alex that he was probably involved. And we think he was involved with all of the other women uh, who, who've gone missing as well. When we meet him, in my mind, I had this idea of this, this actor from Iceland called Olaf Darry Olafsson. And he's this big guy, big beard. <laughs> and his very presence is intimidating. But actually, in all of the shows I've seen him in, he's, he's, he's really nice. Bar the last show, The Tourist with Jamie Dornan, when he was a very sinister character. And I think I had him in my head when I was writing Micah. And when Alex meets him, he, you know, he's immediately intimidated by his presence. But then he gets to know him and he starts to think this guy is just severely misunderstood and, and really misses his wife, Kaya, who went missing 20 years ago. And, and it's just come to terms with the fact that he is this kind of sinister specter who lives on the side of the mountain. But he plays a huge role in the story. And it was it's nice to write somebody who's just quietly oppressive you know like it's, it, he's he doesn't have to say much and yet he's still frightening and that's a hard one to write in a book because you're you're trying to I mean if you do it for tv their presence is enough when you're doing it in a book you have to not use words coming from their mouths to scare the other characters they just have to kind of be this physical presence so he's probably one of my favorites excellent answer great can you describe your book in three words chilling twisted heart racing excellent <laughs> what was the food and drink you consumed the most while writing this particular book well i mean there is a rumor out there that i drink a lot of champagne philip <laughs> 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 um, but nothing wrong with that but no because i obviously have to stay sober to write so it is just a rumor although i do like a glass <laughs> but um i think i mean this i wrote this book during covid and the reason I wrote it where I did was because the last location I'd been to before COVID hit was Lapland because I'm currently developing a show over there and we were location scouting. And the area, is, it's, it's so vivid. It's so different to anything you've seen before. And the food and the drink is so different as well. So I brought a lot of little treats home with me. And I think I was always going to write a book set in Lapland after being there. And it was very much in my mind because I brought home my husband all this dried reindeer. And we had it all about the house. Um, so obviously I ate a lot of reindeer when I was there because they have it in everything. I ate reindeer balls. I ate reindeer pizza. I ate reindeer sandwiches. I ate oh. reindeer steak. I mean, it, it just is a thing. I don't like it at all. It's a very bitter kind of sour meat. It's very gamey. 
but I had it in the house and um I, I made my husband try it when I started just kind of putting the plan together for this book. So yeah, technically you could say I was eating reindeer while writing The Last Disappear. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Uh, your final question, what's been the best moment so far in your writing career? Oh, that's a tough one because I feel it just keeps getting better. You know, every book there seems to be more mm. excitement than the book before. And I, I think it's hard to kind of, on each book, I think, well, I can't get more exciting on this, but it does. Um, I think this year there's so many of my books being optioned for screen that that's added a whole new layer of excitement because obviously I wear two hats. I'm a screenwriter and an author. And now I have producers saying, will you adapt your own work? And having adapted other people's work, I'm starting to feel like I can do mine now. I'm not as precious. So, so this year has become this notion of visually bringing these characters to life on screen is probably as exciting as it's going to get. But then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next year. <laughs> it's, it's it's just, you know, I think I'm I'm very productive and I'm quite prolific. And I never really get the time to stand still and enjoy what's happening around me because I'm always working on the next projects. But that notion of now bringing all those books to screen has me even more excited. So I'd say we're, we're starting to peak. <laughs> well, that's... That's wonderful. And um, just for it to keep getting better and your books being received so well, that's uh, that's all that we want. So keep keep doing what you're doing. Joe Spain, author of The Last to Disappear. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks so much, Joe. Gosh, I love that book. It was all that you'd expect from a Joe Spain written really tightly, um, compelling, gripping. Yeah, thrilling and that's why it's in this thriller special because I loved it and the next book I love this is the full interview so we're going to be talking to Jack Jordan author of Do No Harm let me read you this here's the short blurb my child has been taken and I've been given a choice kill a patient on the operating table or never see my son again (laughs) oh my goodness let's do the first sentence Anna, there is blood on my neck, a single drop, no bigger than a freckle, minuscule in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to leave it there because it goes straight on. Uh, This book is so gripping. And once I heard the premise, I was like, yeah, this is a book that's going to work for me. And it really does. It just keeps your pulse pulsing for Funnily enough, keeps you alive, this book. Well, hey, there's, there's an endorsement to put on the cover of it. No, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, another thrilling thriller. And let's talk to Jack now. Jack Jordan, author of the wonderful book, Do No Harm. Welcome to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited about this. Well... This book, my goodness, a whirlwind of a book. How on earth did this book come about? Well, I was undergoing a medical procedure where I had to be put under anaesthetic. And just about, just as the needle was about to be inserted, I was hit with this fear. And I thought to myself, I don't know anyone in this room and I'm just completely trusting them with my welfare. Um, I mean, luckily the procedure went well. But when I came round, I was in the recovery bed. I started writing notes, wondering what could have happened if the surgeon had ulterior motives. And then that's how Doing a Harm came about from, yeah, real fear. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I remember the time I had to go in for an operation. I just read a book on hospitals that were taking out bits of people and selling them off and and killing all the patients just before I got wheeled off. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think you you've uh, yeah you got more out of your experience than I have. I've just got a fear, whereas you've got a great book. Did you instantly know it was going to be a hit as soon as you came up with the concept? I it's. It sounds egotistical if I say yes, but no, I was exci- I knew I was excited about it. I knew that it was really hook. I had a really strong hook. Um, oh, which I'll tell you now. So it's about a heart surgeon whose um, child is abducted by a organised crime ring, and they give her an ultimatum: either she kills a patient on the operating table, or she'll never see her son again. So I knew having that. Um, hook was really strong and I knew that publishers would like it um, and I really hoped that readers would like it so yeah so I did feel a bit excited and it's been amazing to see these um, this reaction from readers it's been so much fun well this book has been talked about I don't know for at least the last six to twelve months there's there's been so much hype about it you know you you I knew it was going to be good because the hype started so early it was you know clearly a strong book but how has that process felt to you because it's it's been even longer than other authors experience yeah I was so lucky that with my publisher they did a year-long um push for it so it started in like last July from the Harrogate Crime Festival um and I mean for me as an author it's been a dream because it's so lovely to feel that buzz and have readers excitement about it go on for months and months and months I mean sometimes it can be within quite a short window of um, you announce the cover and then a few months later the book comes out and it, it all happens quite quickly. But with this, it's been such a pleasure to just go through this process and just feel everyone's excitement. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the book being out, but I almost don't want this part to end. It's been so much fun. <laughs> well, I was interested in that because you've had this really long build up then. Does it make publication day that more sort of nervy and uh, discombobulating? I do you know, I think with publication day, it's always going to be a scary thought. I think it's very exciting, but it's also because the build-up is always almost the bigger thing. And then when it's out, it's very much out of your hands. And it's so exciting to see it on the shelves and things. But then after that, you kind of have to just start with the next book. So it's almost over when it begins. So I think that build-up is the most exciting part of it. But um, it has been a bit nerve-wracking. I'm looking forward to getting some sleep again. <laughs> 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 well, we've got a view from three different women in the book. We've got Anna, Margot, Rachel. Did you know right from the get-go that that's how the book would be set out? Yes, well, I, I definitely knew I wanted to write from Dr Anna Jones's point of view, um, the surgeon with the ultimatum. And then around when I was thinking around how can I make her situation even worse, which is a horrible thing to think, but <laughs> she's got this ultimatum, but then how can we make this even more difficult for her? So we've got the scrub nurse Margot who's in the operating room with her who has her own ultimatum to face and her own reasons for so fighting for survival in the way she does um, that clashes with Dr Anna Jones. And then we also have um, Detective Inspector Rachel Connerty who's drawn to Dr Anna Jones through a case she's working on. And she's also, she's reeling from having lost her child 15 years before. So... The three women are either fighting for the survival of the children, their children or living in the aftermath of losing them. So there's this... And so they've all got these goals that come stem from motherhood, but they keep crossing and there's so much tension and conflict. Um, so I think working with the three characters together like that has been, it was so much fun to write. And I think the readers really love that aspect. 
have they stayed with you in your mind after you finished writing? Definitely. Um, so I won't say any spoilers, but there's one character in particular I think about. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yes, we don't want any spoilers. Definitely not. I mean, it's su- it was such a consuming book to read. Was it a consuming book to write? It really was. I So I started the book um, at the beginning of 2020 um, and then all of those lockdown months that followed. Um, but I wrote it in about three months, which is really fast for me. I usually take six. But I was just, I felt so immersed in this story because it's quite fast paced. So I kind of wrote it at the same pace that the reader enjoys it themselves. Um, so yeah, it was really, really fast paced, um, both writing it and the finished product. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of, a, it was, it, it just happened so quick. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I just remember those days of just sitting at my desk and it being over before I knew it. So it was really, really engrossing. So was it something that you had done a lot of detailed plotting or were you just living the story as we live it, as we read it? Definitely a bit of both. So I, I do love to plan, but I think sometimes at, at what I've learned writing um, book after book is that I do need a little bit of freedom. So I plan as um, I plan as much as I can, but then I leave wiggle room to allow the characters to take me where they want to go. Um, so I like to write in acts. So in act one, I'll plan act one and I'll know where I'm going. And then at the end of act one, I've got an idea of where I'm going, but I allow that freedom for, for act two to kind of come to me rather than me trying to plan it out beforehand. So, yeah, so I like that. That um, I'm a, Instead of a, a planner or a pantster, I'm a planster. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it, it works. Did you always know how it would end? And again, no spoilers, but did you know? I think from the beginning there was... There was a fate of a character that I had in mind. Um, and But then as I was writing it and loving all the characters, I wondered, could I do it? Could I, could I not do it? Um, but ultimately, I stuck to my guns. And I had to fight for the decision as well. And you'll know what, you, what I mean when you reach the end of the book. <laughs> yes. Ah, it's interesting. And uh, it must be hard because when you're writing a book that, yes, is consuming to write and consuming to read, but equally you've got to be conscious that you don't want the reader to almost be burnt out by the pace how did you manage getting that pace so right that's so true I think um definitely having that balance so allowing the reader to go through these exciting moments and then having a beat afterwards so it usually it's kind of I think when I like to write I think the character needs time to recover and that also means the reader needs time to recover so when they go through a tense situation I'll write in a scene where they're recovering from that tense situation and it allows the reader to have a break um, I also like to write in parts as well. So there was part one, part two. And so each time it kind of, it starts off and then grows into the tension and then end, the part, end of part one will end with a bang and then part two will start growing that tension again. So it allows the reader to catch their breath, um, re-acclimatise to where they are and then climb up that mountain again. Yes, and what a, what a mountain it was. I mean, I'm presuming it's already been option for a film. That would be lovely. It hasn't yet, but I hold every... I have all my fingers crossed. Yeah, sometimes they wait for publication and then swoop in with all their offers. That would so be lovely. Sure <laughs> so apart from as you're being wheeled in for an operation, how do you get ideas for your books? I tend to look at my own fears or what I, or I think about what would throw me in my life um and I tend to look at relationships and the bond between relationships and then see what I can throw at that bond to make it um potentially fall apart or put it at risk 
Um, and one relationship that works really, really well is between mother and child because it's, you know, it's it should be unbreakable. It's perhaps one of the strongest bonds on the planet. Um, so that, and it heightens that sense of survival. It heightens that sense of urgency. Um, and it's something that so many people can relate to, whether they're a parent themselves or, you know, being a child and have a relationship with their parents or guardian. So it's a really, it's kind of a universal relationship that, a lot of people can understand. So the reader immediately gets sucked in. So I like to um, think of the relationship and then what I can throw at them. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think also with plot ideas, they can t- tend to come to me quite um, either through my own experiences like with surgery um, or through, yeah, just biggest fears. <laughs> so if you get told you need another operation, are you going to be like, great, I'll bring my notepad? Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm hoping for not another re- operation. I don't think I could put um, my characters of Dina Hum through another ordeal, I don't think. that I think that's why I write standalones rather than series, because um, I-, I put them through too much. I- the reader would be like, all right, Jack, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> Do you always write in the same place? Do you have a sort of a set procedure for your writing? Really good question. I am a huge cliche and I love to write in coffee shops. I think it's the perfect mix of being alone and yet being surrounded by people. Um, And also I've got caffeine on tap and I also really like writing before a window (laughs) because people watching is so beneficial. I love watching people's um, interactions, their facial expressions. It just really can help enhance character. And I think when you're around that, it's kind of a bubbling pot of character and detail. Um, so whenever in a coffee shop, be careful because a writer might be nearby. <laughs> be very nice to everybody in that shop, or yes, <laughs> because you never know what where you might crop up in a book. In a book, do you have a, a particular thing you do if the words don't come? Is it you know have a coffee or go out or light a candle? Is there your set too for when the words dry up? So I some days the words just don't want to. Um, land on the page so I think occasionally I admit defeat and it's usually when I'm very tired so when I'm very tired I think okay it's not going to work today I'm just going to beat myself up these words aren't going to be come out very well so then I will um put the laptop down and do something else um and then usually when I go back to it I'm grateful because the words are much much better um or occasionally what I love to do is I walk around with a tote bag of books I should get a kindle really but a tote bag of books that I love so before I sit down to write I'll read the first sentence or two of some of my favorite books and it kind of gets those juices flowing it really just helps that begin that journey of writing yes that's really interesting I never heard of that before I love that that's a that's a that's a great idea do you know when you when an idea plops itself in your mind if it's got legs if it's one that will work in a book or do you does it, do you have to write a certain number of words before you know if it if it's got longevity? So for me, I look at what the hook is and what the plot is first, because I like to, I mean, this is kind of a cold way to look at it, but as well as thinking of the characters and the story that I love, I also look at it as a product. And I think, okay, the publisher and my agent will have to sell this product. So how are they going to sell this product? So I look at the hook first and I think, how easy is this going to be to sell? Is this going to be something that can... Um, come to fruition so I, I usually know around then that something isn't going to work um, having said that I've ju- I just submitted my next book and I'm terrified so I'm hoping my editor will love it 
I'm sure it's good. How did you get your agent and the publishing deal? Was it a simple process or did you bleed along the way? Definitely bled along the way. So I've been writing for 12 years. um, And so originally I um, self-published my uh, debut novel and my second novel in 2015, 2016. Um, And then they did really well. So from that, I then landed a publisher and an agent and published my um, sub- subsequent books, Before Her Eyes, Night by Night, and an ebook novella, A Woman Scorned. And then it was at the beginning of 2020, I was kind of in a crossroads in my career, um, and Do No Harm just felt like the right book to cross, uh, be at that crossroads with. So I signed with a new agent, Madeline Milburn, uh, my dream agent, which has been amazing, and then signed with hmm. Simon and Schuster for a two book deal. And Do No Harm is the first one. I've I wrapped that up in a bow, but it was very long, very arduous, very long up and down roller coaster. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting, though, the transition and and how you made it work for you. What do you wish somebody had just lent over and told you when you first started writing? Really good question. So I think. I, w- I would love to hear that everything will work out. I think when you're writing, um, it's quite an isolating business and it's all built on hope. Um, and that can be quite exhausting when you're continuing to hope and hope and hope and pray. So knowing that it works out in the end, um, it would be definitely the best motivation. Wonderful. Well, you mentioned that you've submitted your next book. Can you tell us anything about it? Oh, um, I will be... Uh, brief, <laughs> uh, just that it's very, it's very fast paced. It's got a, a very strong moral dilemma, and it's got a courtroom aspect. Ooh, love a courtroom aspect. That's very exciting. Well, I can't wait for that. But uh, just an incredible book, and I can't wait to see how many people read it and enjoy it. So, Jack Jordan, author of Do No Harm. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Excellent. So now I need to go on to the next book. And actually, I'm going to do The Donor by Claire McIntosh. Um, this is one of the quick reads. You know, I'm look, featuring a quick read every week because I just think, well, why not? Um, Claire is such an accomplished author. And listen to this. She gave you everything. But what does she want in return? When Liz's daughter Meg is given a life-saving heart transplant, Lizzie feels hugely grateful to the nameless donor. Then she receives a letter from the donor's mother, Karen, asking to meet, and it seems like the least she can do. But as soon as Karen is welcomed into their lives, Lizzie feels something isn't right. And before long, she can't help but worry that by inviting Karen in, she might have put Meg in danger. OK, chapter one. The newspaper article. The reporter is young, with too much gel in his hair and a habit of saying, wow, yeah, right, after everything, Meg says. She doesn't seem to notice and has been happily chatting to him for half an hour. It's, it just shows what Claire can do. I mean, this book is, what, 100 pages long and it's it's really good. I loved it. It kept me gripped. It, it gave me the thrills that I needed. And Claire's got another book coming out soon and I cannot wait to read it. She's just she's just such a consistent writer, which is great. So that's another of the quick read series. Just a pound. Even if you buy the printed book, a pound. The donor, Claire McIntosh. And let's come on to another thrilling book, The Game by Scott Kershaw. This, <laughs> this is great. Listen to this. So the, the blurb is done like a text message, which I love. Dear player, the person you love most is in danger. To save them, you must play the game. The rules are there can only be one winner. If you lose, your loved one will die. Do not share this message. Do not seek help. Welcome to the game. You've just started playing. I'm giving you a whole range of great books this week, aren't I? OK, here we are with chapter one, player one. Just past sunrise, pallid light pours in freely through a broken window onto every parent's worst nightmare. The bed is empty. The child is gone. Now, you might say these are too many thrillers. I can't read all these thrillers. I would say, yes, you can, because often I like to read different books and mix it up. But this week I've just loved reading all these books and they are all different. They all bring something different. And that's why it's just been glorious to do. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Your girls had a, had a great time doing this. But anyway, let's talk to Scott Kershaw, who wrote the game now. So Scott Kershaw, whose book, wonderful book, is called The Game. Welcome to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. Hi, Philip. Thanks for having me. Well, you have five questions in five minutes. Your first question. Can you summarise your book for us? Yeah. So The Game follows these five ordinary people from around the world who in one day all have a loved one abducted and they have to compete with one another in this mysterious set of text messages to release their loved one and there can only be one winner and that's it it's just these five people investigating their own 
reason for being there, the mystery of why it's happening to them. And yeah, just trying to save whoever they love most. And what I enjoyed about the book, because sometimes when you've got that many characters, I find it hard to track who is who, but you just managed to do that. I wasn't left having to read back and remind myself who who it was. Was that something you worked hard to achieve? I guess so, yeah. I really wanted them to be kind of very ordinary people. And by ordinary, I mean flawed. The whole book is like kind of an exploration of exploitation in people. So there's all different kinds of people and they're all hiding secrets and they've all used someone else along the way. And yeah, so it was nice. It was nice being able to jump in and out of these different characters and try and bring them to life without them all getting jumbled up. So your next question, who was your favourite character and why? Uh, there's a guy called Noah who's like a French uh, drug dealer and I just kind of liked him. I felt sorry for him. And he reminded me of me a bit when I was younger. He's just, he wants to be something and he just really loves his partner, even though he's like not a great guy or a good member of society. He just really loves her. And yeah, I'd like him. Noah, he's a top guy. Excellent. Can you describe your book in three words? Good question. Fast, thrilling, and just fun. Your next question is, what was the food and drink you consumed the most while you were writing this particular book? Hobnobs. <laughs> chocolate covered or not? You know, let's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, milk chocolate hobnobs. Honestly, I put about 40 pounds on. Just, <laughs> I just sit and, like, devour hobnobs in tea. I just love tea as well. You are certainly welcome on this podcast with that answer. Um, and the final question, what's been the best moment so far in your writing career? I'm still really getting used to it, to be honest. Like it's, it's, um, it's kind of really took off from being very normal life and working really rubbish jobs. And it's finally starting to come together. So just stuff like this, just doing interviews and getting to meet new people and talking to new authors and stuff is really exciting. Yeah, I love it. So are you working on your next book now? Is there anything you can tell me? I am, but I don't think I'm allowed to say anything yet. But um, okay. yeah, it's it's been signed up by HQ and it'll be another similar kind of exploration of different characters and it's going to be, a, yeah, it'll be good. I think it's going to be good fun. Oh, great. Well, keep those chocolate hobnobs coming. I will, yeah. (laughs) That's great. Well, Scott Kershaw, author of The Game, thanks so much. Yes, thank you for having me. And the final book this week is The Choice by... SJ Ford. Get it right, Philippa. And while a lot of people seem to be hashtagging Philippa made me buy it... When they're getting books, and I love seeing that so much. Philippa made me buy it. Yeah, that's all, all five. Quite happy to have that responsibility. Anyway, I can say with this, Claire made me buy it because Claire, you know who you are. You said, Oh, I've just read this book and I think you might like it. Here we go. Settle in and listen to this. Jane Bell is a murderer. At 4.55pm on the 15th of January, Jane Bell hit a man with her car, killing him instantly. With witnesses, CCTV footage and a signed confession, her guilt is never in doubt. Jane Bell is a hero, but she doesn't feel guilty because James Foster was about to blow up a primary school. He was planning on killing hundreds of children. He was going to kill her children. What would you have done? 
And the first sentence. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in moral absolutes? Another great book, Claire. Well done. I'm going to put you in charge of choosing more books for me. I enjoyed this. It's got the thrilling element. It's got the legal element. It, it was written well. Um, it compelled me. It was another great book. And seriously, if I just think there's some great books this week. I know I go on about how much I love books, but I love the books this week. And that's the lot. So let's just have a quick recap. So we were joined by Jack Jordan, author of Do No Harm, for a full interview and chat discussion. I particularly liked hearing, I mean, I loved hearing everything he was saying, but about how he reads a few um, sentences of his favourite books before he starts writing just to get him in the zone. I thought it was a great idea. So that was Do No Harm, Jack Jordan. Then we were joined by Jo Spain, author. Well, latest book is The Last to Disappear. And she joined us for the five questions in five minutes. Getting a lot of positive feedback about five questions in five minutes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, then we had Scott Kershaw join us. He's, his book is called The Game and he did five questions in five minutes. I also reviewed... Um, the Quick Reads publication called The Donor by Claire McIntosh. And finally, I reviewed The Choice by S.J. Ford. Five books, five thrillers. Wow. If you're if you're not exhausted when you've read them because they are so thrilling, I don't know what. But uh, and if you know someone who loves thrillers, there's some great selections for you. I imagine they're going to go on lots of birthday lists and uh, must buy lists. But anyway, those are just my views. Do let me know what you think. Do join us on the Facebook group. Just type in Quick Book Reviews Podcast and you'll find us there. And I'll see you again next week. Just look after yourselves. And I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.